Welcome back to Empire of Assets. We are joined today by Stephanie Shane. She is a physical therapist and personal trainer and also the founder of House of Physical Therapy, a boutique office in the heart of New York City and co-founder of The Billing House, a medical billing service catering to small-scale PT practices. Last year, she started a mentorship program called HOPT Membership to help the many therapists that were laid off learn how to start their own practices. She thoroughly enjoys taking other PTs through the business planning process and most of all, sharing in the success when their dreams come to light. Stephanie holds a doctorate degree in physical therapy from Stony Brook University and a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. With a background in both psychology and biology, she has developed a strong appreciation for the mind-body dichotomy and views wellness from a whole body perspective. So welcome Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to dive right in. Let's begin with your business organization, your your business, House of Physical Therapy. We'll, we'll start there for now. Um, tell us a little bit firstly about House of Physical Therapy, your mission and who you serve. So House of Physical Therapy is a very small boutique office in the East Village of New York City. And we cater specifically to fitness enthusiasts. So people who are exercising five days a week at a very high level and use exercise as their stress relief. We find that working with this specific population, there is a very strong psych uh, psychological aspect where we're um, talking about the importance of listening to your body and maybe not using rest as your recovery, but using exercise modification and adding other complementary things in so that you can still get that stress relief, but you're not wearing and tearing down on the same areas all the time. This is very important, especially with our runners and our fitness instructors. Um, House of PT started because I was working in a multidisciplinary practice based out of a gym. So we had PT, chiropractors, acupuncturists, sports medicine podiatrists, it was the whole gamut. And we were um, sharing that space with a group of 30 plus personal trainers. So really great for my learning experience because I got to learn from those trainers all different fitness modalities, not just CrossFit, but traditional bodybuilding, Pilates, yoga. And that really shaped how I work with my patients to get back to exercise. Where the branch off happened was when I started to take on so much responsibility there and kind of get promoted to a partnership role. And I started to think, do I want to continue to scale where I am working with so many other providers in the same location? Or does it make more sense for my long-term goals and my patients to work one-on-one -on -one in a small setting and then refer out when needed? And I've, I've made that very strong network of referrals of the other providers where if there is something else going on, I can send you to the right person, but it's not necessarily in-house where we're spending 
hours and hours during each treatment session. So that was my big turning point was recognizing that instead of scaling into this huge practice, I want to hone down and focus on what I really enjoy. And that's working with the people who are trying to get back to high level exercise. And that's, that's my special point. And I think that you're doing it perfectly because quite often we think, oh, you know what, I am going to take everything on. And I, and in that sense, when you take on too much and you're too varied in your approach, you never get to develop that expertise that actually people are really looking for. And, you know, people will, you will have earned your rep, you have earned your reputation, but apart from that as well and developing that expertise in, in the specific field, you're also going to gain those quality clients that you're looking for because you have those partnerships with other um, practices and who specialize in slightly different elements of recovery so that you're going to get those exact clients you're looking for, not just a whole handful of everything as and when exactly. it becomes available. Exactly. I think you, you put it perfectly that it allows you to develop that expertise in this one very specific area because physical therapy could be anything. And if we really hone in on who we're treating and how we're getting you back to sport, then we can help you the best way possible. And also not you're, you're assisting others in their rehabilitation process and helping them to almost strengthen their their power and their fitness and everything they're doing but you're also growing your own personal toolkit as well because you are understanding more deeply how to care for your own body so while you're helping others you're also helping yourself with that knowledge and that understanding that you have in your field so there's just so many benefits from the way that you've actually approached your business model and decided to move forward in this way and obviously you're multi-talented you have you have you know input into various businesses and your membership program as well now which is really assisting others when they really needed it most um do you want to give us any background into your other organizations or, or are you happy to just focus on house of physical therapy well i'll give you a little bit of both because i'd like to just elaborate a little bit more about how House of PT grew into what it is today, because we now have uh, four staff members, including myself. So we have two full-time physical therapists, and then we have a remote office manager. And I think what's really unique about the way our team grew is that I ended up attracting people who had very similar beliefs to myself and to why I opened the practice. So a lot of what I was looking for was that autonomy and how I treat my patients, being able to make decisions, being able to take as long as I need for each session. If I need an hour, I need an hour. If I need 30 minutes, I can block that time off. So making those decisions independent. And when I brought people on, I made sure that I empowered them to make their own schedule the same way. And that is a huge piece of the health and the work-life balance. Because when you work in healthcare, you're often treating patients outside their nine to five work hours. So it could be very early mornings, very late days. And being a different type of boss and allowing my employees to make their own schedule and choose what hours they want to work and set those limits of, I'm not going to work 40 hours a week. I want to work 
24 hours a week. And I also am interested in this other thing. So I'm going to do that. And instead of your traditional position, and that's how our practice grew. And I built a really strong loyal team. I think that the, that your approach is really refreshing. I think that's probably why you've been so successful and that you probably have um, members of your team who are going to be, they're going to want to be with you for such a long time. You know, you can see that your ethos is just so clear. You have your values. You're all about people. You're all about balance. You're all about that holistic way and that vision and clearly everything that you are doing within your own personal health and wellness is all coming from a place within you of almost giving and it's it's a very it's a very powerful thing to be a woman who has the confidence to allow her members of staff that freedom understanding that they're going to give that same respect back and I think clearly um it can it can feel almost like you're taking a risk sometimes because it would be easy for you to say oh, you know what you guys you need to work these times it's going to be better for me let me slot around you know you know I I'm managing this so you have to kind of adhere to my policies and rules but you're making things more flexible and that's also how innovation happens so I'm quite sure that your your employees are going to be more inclined to come to you with innovative ideas and you know that's how new things happen and that's how we do build businesses in times like this when things are moving rapidly and innovating things are massively changing have you have you found I was just going to ask if you have found any, um, have you found any massive differences between the beginning of the pandemic to now? Like, ha has your business model changed in any way or have you kind of remained consistent in how you've been able to work and manage your business? Absolutely. So the biggest change was right up front. And that was when we had some office closures and we attempted to just pivot online as quickly as possible and somewhat blind. So there were some mistakes made early on, but what was really big is exactly what you picked up on that my team is more innovative and comes to me with ideas because of that level of trust. So when other people were going through layoffs and shutdowns, I was willing to sacrifice whatever I needed in order to keep my team with me and on payroll because if I had to do it alone, I'm not sure if I would have been able to come through and I would have had to rebuild from scratch. So making sure that I kept them with me in May and June of last year when things were really, really bad for business allowed them to come to me with different ideas. Hey, what if we build a blog during this time? What if we film some exercises for our patients? And we went back to the basics of forget about patient treatments, forget about the money. And we contacted every single patient that has ever come through our doors. And we just said, hey, how are you doing? Is there any way we could support you right now? And that's how I had my team spend their time in May and June of last year. And then in July, we had some, you know, a breath of fresh air and some people looking to schedule again. And we, we created a hybrid model of a little bit of video sessions online for the people that needed it, for the people that wanted to be at home, at a distance. And then we went back into the office with much stricter safety precautions and a little bit lower volume. And that's when I had this eye-opening um, kind of moment of all of my friends and colleagues in traditional PT practices were 
still laid off. They were still having uh, these really tough conversations with their bosses where they wanted them to come back to work, but at a discounted hourly rate, or they wanted them to come back in and work longer hours so that they could have a, a bigger buffer between patients for cleaning and safety protocols. And they weren't getting paid anymore for those extra hours. So it was just this, um, this burnout, stress. And that's when I started to have these conversations. And I just made it every Wednesday, I'm gonna talk to any PT that wants to ask me questions and let's go through and see what do you need in your career right now? Do you need to work on your resume and go through mock interviews with me? Do you wanna talk about a business idea that now all of a sudden you have the time to hash out? And that's where the mentorship program came in where I found that the biggest way I could help is by creating a business plan that PTs could follow. Instead of a generic template online, let's go through a service-based plan. I know everything that goes into running a practice so we can really hone in on your finances, on your marketing, and I can give you that framework so you can go out and, and do this yourself and create that stability that you don't get from working for someone else. Do you know what? It's, it's just so refreshing to hear that. My husband and I are always speaking about, you know, how there are just so many opportunities every time that a difficult situation happens. And we were just talking about the various opportunities that currently exist. Yes, this is a really difficult time for so many people, but if you just look at the opportunities and the possibilities, there is always a way that you can work around this and grow and learn. And um, I just have so much um, empathy for anyone who's going through a hard time at the moment, because I know how tough it has been for so many people. And I'm just so glad that you're in a position where you have been listening, you have been using your intuition and listening to your members of staff, and you've actually seen growth organically and been able to help so many people through um your mentorship program and actually I have I know lots of well lo lots of people um in my network are either personal trainers or they work in physiotherapy we call it physiotherapy in the UK you call it physical um but do you have any um, tips for anyone right now who's had to take their business online, who's perhaps a personal trainer in terms of really skyrocketing what they do and, and anyone who's a personal trainer who's looking to achieve some growth in their business, can you think of any quick fixes for them that would help them along? Oh, I wish there was a quick fix, but it's more of a long fix of going back to your community. So before you ask for something else and I need more referrals. So I'm going to go drop off cards at all of the local shops and I'm going to ask for something. We need to recognize that a lot of people are going through this same struggle that we are right now. And if we continue to ask someone who is drained or um, stressed that in their own stability, right? If uh, you go to, if you're a physical therapist and you go to a local doctor's office and that doctor's also seeing a drop in their numbers and you're going and you're asking for referrals, they're gonna, they're, they're not gonna respond so well and they're gonna look at it as another item on their plate. So rather than do that, go in to all of those local offices or call them and see, is there anything that you can do to support them through this tough time and make that 
deeper, real connection. Give because you have extra time if you don't have as many clients. Give something first and then see later on, maybe that develops. It's such an important thing, isn't it? And it's like one of the laws of the universe, really, you need to give before you actually receive. And it's not about giving to receive, but it's just about giving what you can. It's not about giving things that you cannot. It's about what are your, your skill set, what time do you have at the moment and what can you possibly give to a cause and that is where the magic happens because you can assist others and they'll be able to hopefully in future assist you in the same way so I think that you have made a really good point this is a, a time where we need to work as a community and build that community which has been actually in many cases eliminated but we can find ways to build that back because we are social creatures and we need each other for so many reasons we are all assets to each other and I believe that we were supposed to live in community and work together so I think that this is a really really good point and now just moving on slightly Stephanie I wondered you spoke earlier about rest not being an option and the fact that rather than stopping or having rest days actually still looking at movements still looking at keeping that body moving and still exercising but to a different degree now I believe that's so important because exercise is almost like medicine for your body and all of the benefits that it has holistically for every part of you and there's probably so much that we don't even still understand about the benefits of exercise but um you're so right you need to be in tune with your body and listen to your body as you said earlier how would you suggest that people who are still currently at home who are looking to maybe do some workouts and things if they're having a rest day what type of thing what type of activity would you suggest so usually I like to figure out what a complementary movement would be because exercise is different for everyone. It's such a personal thing and every evaluation that we do starts off with a little bit of background and I ask how many days a week do you exercise? And like, oh, three or five. What does that look like? I do yoga. No, what does it look like? What type of yoga? Um, is it hot yoga? Is it um, a flow? Is it vinyasa? right? I want to know very detailed so that I can see what the stresses on the body are. So if you do your own little self audit and you say, okay, I'm doing a Peloton spin class on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on the other days, I'm doing a class that involves jumping, a high intensity workout class. Well, maybe we should be a little bit more honest with ourselves and say, those things probably shouldn't be back to back if we're going high intensity every single day. Maybe we put some complementary low intensity in there. Low intensity is anything that is sustained movement for a certain amount of time. So we consider uh, walking on the treadmill or uh, taking a walk around the neighborhood, a low intensity exercise. Going to the grocery store, stop and go browsing as you shop. That is not, that doesn't count as your exercise for the day, right? Um, a woman in my building um, a couple months ago when we were you know, very secluded and in full on kind of lockdown, she would pace the hallways in the morning and that was her exercise time. And we kind of all started to realize that she liked to be alone during that time. So we would try and either leave the house beforehand or wait until she was done so that she could just have her 30 minutes of stress-free 
I need to get my exercise in. So there's always something to do. Um, you mentioned before that community and how, um, you know, we've dissolved the community a little bit in certain situations. The New York City fitness community was the biggest, uh, strongest community that I know. And yes, those physical locations, those, um, the community of being in class together has somewhat uh, changed, but those classes are all available online and people are still connecting over Instagram, doing Instagram live workouts or Zoom workouts. I really like the Zoom workout because you can see the other people in class, you know, if, if everybody's comfortable keeping their video on, but still getting some sort of, okay, I'm going to work out with a friend, even if it's just on video today, rebuilding that community vibe. I think that's so, so important right now in whatever shape or form we have to do. We have to use digital technologies to get there at the moment, don't we, Stephanie? And I think that's so, so crucial. Just that community, just knowing that others are there with us going through the same thing. And, you know, we see so much on social media, Instagram and whatever about perfection. And everyone is always, you know, putting their, their best selfie up and their, their best um, poses ever. And it's like, it can be a bit disheartening to some people, particularly people who maybe have some changes to make within their finished regimes and things. And I think it's important to highlight that what you're often seeing is people on their very best days, but you still don't understand what their, maybe what their more low moments or down days look like. So don't ever be disheartened by that type of thing. Absolutely. Um, and also, I just wanted to quickly ask, in terms of people who are working in an office every single day, um, and they're working from home, a lot of people from the UK are working from home right now. So they're kind of, if they don't have an office, they're sitting at their kitchen table, which is obviously horrific for your back. <laughs> um, do you have any good tips for people who are looking to just increase their movement and activity whilst working from home? Totally. Um, I was at the dining room table for a little bit in the beginning. Um, <laughs> my uh, big tip for working from home, even if you're in an office, but working from home specifically is try to change positions throughout the day. So there is this villainization of bad posture, um, working from bed or working from the couch has a really bad rap. You don't want to tell anybody that's what you're doing. But what's really bad about that is if you're in that position for an extended period of time. If you wanna take your laptop for an hour before lunch and sit on the couch and you have a nice pillow prop under the laptop, you have your neck propped up and your legs are flat on the floor, then I think that working from the couch for a little bit is a nice relief for those stressors of being at your dining room table. Now, if you only can work at the dining room table because you have a bigger setup or whatever it is, then I like the tip of doing little pelvic tilts. And you can try this right now while you're listening. Just put both feet flat on the floor next to each other and then tuck your tailbone under by rocking your hips back. And you can kind of feel that now you're behind your sit bones and then roll forward so that you feel your sit bones and then you're in front of your sit bones. So it's like your belly sticks out a little bit and then roll back your belly tucks in, your back rounds a little bit, that motion is called a pelvic tilt. And that relieves some of that tension that builds up around the hips. Doing that a few times an hour is a nice just, whew, we give the body a break. 
but yeah, I sat and I, I just did that along with you. And honestly, it does actually work. It relieves the tension and it's so obvious. And I always say that you should listen to your body as well in terms of if you feel a bit stiff or a bit achy, just move, do something that feels good for you. Just get that tension out there. And that's just something that I try and do as well, working from home. So yeah, just listen to your body. And those pelvic tilts definitely work if you're sitting at your <laughs> at your desk. So give them a try. Um, now, at House of Physical Therapy, your slogan is rest isn't an option. And that is because together you believe that you can always find a solution. I think solutions are just always possible, especially when you tune into your intuition and you give yourself time to solve problems. And I've asked, um, why do you think your mission at House of Physical Therapy is so important? And you said that you feel that it's your method has always been to lead by example and that raising the bar creates space for others around you to step up. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your story with regards to why this is important to other women? Sure. So... Honestly, um, my motivation um, is not directly to helping other women right away because um, I always thought that leading by example would help raise the bar for my younger brother. So maybe not directly trying to inspire other women when I was younger, but by doing that, I noticed that my close group of friends would start coming to me as a resource. And that was a really powerful thing. So once they started asking me questions of how do I negotiate my salary or how do I make this um, uncomfortable pivot in my career. And when people started coming to me and asking those questions, I realized that I had to really stay true to that and continue to lead by example and hold myself to a higher standard to allow other people to come up to that higher bar. And that really held true with how I attracted my employees, which I think I touched upon, you know, creating that very unique work environment and inspired other people to reach out and say, hey, I want to do that too, but I might not want to take on the overhead and the responsibility of rent and a, and a physical business. So allowing yourself to listen to your intuition and your gut, I I am known um, somewhat notoriously for making decisions without asking anyone for permission or running it by anyone. I'm learning to be better at that now that I'm engaged because I feel like I should probably <laughs> run things by other, other members of the household. But um, opening the practice, I, I had a moment where I decided this is what I was going to do and I called a real estate agent and I didn't tell anyone in my family that I was doing this until I had the keys in my hand three months later. And then I said, okay, it's too late for you to second guess. And that is so powerful because sometimes when you have an idea that's so big or so out of the box and you tell other people that aren't in your head, that can't see that end goal, that you're gonna do this, they may question you and they may feed into some of those doubts that you know you already have, right? There, there's, no, there's no person on earth that is not afraid to take that risk. But if you just hone in and make sure that you follow through and then you allow people in and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it whether or not you support me. 
they're going to be more likely to go through the process with you. And yeah, they're going to ask you questions and make sure that you're making the right decision. But maybe they're not going to say, you're crazy, don't do that. Because it's too late. Right? I'm already doing it. I love this. Like you're one of the only people that I know that also do this. I think no one can ever know anyone better than you can yourself. You just can, you know, you're yourself. You've got your mission. You've got your passion. You've got your purpose, but nobody, no one ever can know that other than you. And you have to go with opportunities that present themselves. And if you're given an inspired um, piece of wisdom from within yourself, you have to go for it. You have to research, look at all the outcomes, but ultimately the decision is yours. And you're so right. And I think so many people could learn from you in this way. And I always urge people before they make decisions, before they go ahead and ask others, just take the time for yourself work it out look at the whole bigger picture yourself sleep on it a few times don't there is no need for urgency just take your time and then you will know clear as day what the solution is and then people can share in that with you when you're ready but I also wanted to say congratulations on your engagement oh thank you <laughs> this thank must you be so that must have been such was this during lockdown or was that um, yes it was in September and I was totally not expecting it. Um, we were actually running late for dinner reservation because I refused to reschedule a patient session. And I said, it's the middle of the week. It's not a special occasion. I'm not moving my work so that we can go out to dinner. And I'm surprised he still gave me the ring because <laughs> we were so late. And I thought he was mad at me. Um, and apparently he was not. <laughs> but that's how much of that yeah, that's how much that I you know, prioritize my work and I try not to let it feed into my personal life too much. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you eat, breathe, sleep your dream. And, you know, I really sometimes I, I allow it to creep into other aspects of my life. <laughs> You know what? I hope that you celebrated and he is one lucky guy. What an amazing wife you're going to be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you um, so much. Honestly, I just think that's that's such a lovely story. And I think is your is your partner also in business or um he's actually a financial planner and he's switched to a hundred percent remote company. Um somewhere around last fall when we decided we were both going to just let's do this remote and we like this lifestyle and this flexibility and yeah it's been really great it's definitely a learning experience having your partner as also a co-worker yeah absolutely because that's the way that my husband and I operate as well and we but we both work in different environments just because we work so differently like I'm super organized super neat super just head down focused and he's like okay I'm just gonna put everything everywhere and <laughs> it's like oh, no. okay I cannot work in this environment <laughs> but um yeah but we do like you'll find that that you probably have your strengths and your I was speaking about this earlier with my sister she's also a personal trainer and like yourself she's not a physical therapist but we were speaking about this how you can have strengths in your relationships and you can be very very different but it's when you actually 
can like lean into those strengths and complement each other that things work out so nicely so you just have to respect each other I think in these types of relationships when you are working together so closely absolutely uh, you should highlight each other's strengths as well I think that is really big learning um, to treat each other in that co-worker space during the day and figuring out okay you work very neat and organized but he works a little bit more um creative right yeah. let's call it creative <laughs> <laughs> and just figuring out okay he needs that and I need my my separate time and not trying to force each other one way or the other exactly and I think everyone does well that way we don't have the right to tell each other how things should be because that's that's just part of who we are and it's it, we, it's not about dampening each other it's about lifting each other up and supporting each other when you know you have to so um I'm really glad to hear about all, all that good news about your relationship through through this time um, and I just wondered as well, if you could share with us a little bit about your own story, Stephanie. So how did you realize that physical therapy was your calling in life from maybe a younger age, if you, if you have any thoughts? Sure. So I've been around the field uh, since I was a teenager and I was going to PT myself. I was very, very active on multiple sports teams. So I would go to one practice and then leave that practice early to go to another. So definitely in the realm of uh, overtraining or getting into those chronic overuse injuries. And I saw many different doctors and the person that helped the most was a physical therapist. And this was actually a husband and wife, both PTs who owned a practice um, in my town. and they helped me to realize that it wasn't necessarily that there was something wrong with my body. It wasn't that I had, because I do have scoliosis, so there is something structurally going on, but they didn't blame the way my body was built. What they said was, hey, if you want to train at this high level, you need to take care of your body at a high level. You need to strengthen your core more, and maybe you're not strong enough to do three practices back to back and not eat well enough during the day. And they pointed out different things that would help my body be able to go through the stresses. And I was able to get rid of all of these bulky braces and things that a teenager wouldn't want to wear and learn more about my body and learn how to listen to my body and say, okay, this is too much. And that's why I'm getting pain here. Or if I have this pain, maybe I should do more of this stretch. And I learned, what things to do when. And that really opened me up to, I love physical therapy and I wanna teach other people about it. And I worked for them all through college, all through PT school, and I watched them grow into this huge practice now. I think they have over five therapists and um, they're, they're way bigger than when we started out, just husband and wife, little team. And I, I got to learn so much of the back end of the business from them. So I'm very fortunate to see that practice growth and be able to take some of their business mindset of what numbers to track and how to keep track of your finances. And that's something that you don't get in school. So I somewhat cheated by you know, having that experience from such a young age. And then I wanted after PT school to have more opportunity to learn and to work with other providers. So as much as I loved that um, original PT that I worked with, I wanted to learn something different. 
So I specifically sought out this unique setting of a PT working with all of these other healthcare providers inside a gym. And to me, that was like a brand new opportunity. And I'm so happy that I pushed myself into what was an intimidating environment. I was the only female in a gym setting with over 20 personal trainers, uh, three or four uh, physical therapists, all men, all more experienced than me. All of them were older than me. And here I am fresh out of school and I'm like, I'm coming in and I'm gonna change everything. I think you should implement these tracking tools and we can explode the business if we do these marketing. And they looked at me like, you know, who's this little girl pushing, <laughs> pushing everyone out of the way. But I'm so happy that I had that uncomfortable experience to learn. And I've kept those connections with all those personal trainers as I left and started my own practice. The biggest way that I kind of built relationships with those trainers was by offering PT in exchange for personal training services instead of just saying, hey, you should refer patients to me. So I think I touched on that earlier, always give rather than ask. And because they trusted me with their bodies, then they trusted that I would help get their clients back. And the slogan rest isn't an option. They know I'm not going to say, hey, this person has XYZ pain. I think they should hold their training package for three months. So they know if they send them to me, they're not losing a client. And I'm not going to, I know how they train. I know their background. So I'm not going to say, oh, your trainer messed up. They caused the injury as maybe, you know, another medical professional that doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes might. So we established that trust. And I think I, I really give them so much credit for starting me out because of those referrals and not having to, I never took any clients from my old boss. We cut ties and I started from zero and I really credit that relationship building. That is such a, a powerful example of how you actually use relationships and how you actually how you've gained so much in your career through building your relationships. And I think that's such an important point that all of us have to remember. And especially now in a digital age, we have more than one way that we can do that. It's about reaching out to complementary people within your, your own, um, whether you're like a, a local business within your region or whether you're just working internationally, you can seek out people who complement each other to see how you can work together in that way. And I love the fact that you, you were initially intimidated stepping out fresh into this, this gym environment where you say, you know, it could have been quite intimidating for many people, but you were like, no, this is what I need. I'm really going to grow here. This is going to be, um, it's going to be almost like another level of skill where you're learning a completely new set of tools in a completely different environment. And I think you built up so many lessons in that sense. Did anything surprise you about the situation of being the only female in that gym was was the reaction to you quite different and just the way that you were treated and things or did you find it a mostly a positive experience is that right Stephanie? It was definitely a positive experience and um, I think that it was mostly the intimidation and you know, there were the occasional female personal trainer that would come in come out but I was definitely in a position of authority as the physical therapist in the space. And 
I think a lot of it was how you carry yourself. So there was never a situation where I felt disrespect from any of my colleagues. Um, there were other conversations that I've had with friends in different environments where they had that. And I think that just my perspective of not tolerating it right from the get-go and establishing that this is work. And I was maybe went a little bit too hard in the beginning of being kind of, I can only talk to you in a work, um, work style conversation and never talk about what I did on the weekend. And eventually once I started to develop relationships and trust who I was um, spending time with, we started going to lunch and we went to happy hours and, and workout classes together. That was the big thing. We would always work out together. But initially upfront, just establishing that guideline of we are coworkers, I'm in this position of authority, so I need to hold myself a certain way until we have that mutual respect. I think that is huge. It sounds like the way that you went about that was so effortless as well. Like you stepped into a kind of, it was like quite an intimidating situation, but you managed to just have that respect and you have your values. You, ha you value yourself as a woman and you walked in there and just just were authentic in yourself and you were you and then you can you can let your guard down a little but it's always important as a male or a female to just read the situation and know what you're stepping into and analyze things before you actually um make these connections and you know how to approach people and just the way things are going to be so I think that that's again another really good lesson for people to just take in is just don't always just act first take in your surroundings and your situation get your feel comfortable know the situation and know how to read the room before you take action and don't pre or misjudge people you didn't judge anyone you were just treated everyone fairly and like you know as a colleague and I think that's just a lovely way to be and it says a lot about your character Stephanie. So um, I just wondered if if anyone who's listening into the podcast is interested to find out more about House of Physical Therapy specifically and maybe come along to one of the sessions that you hold and really look to get their own fitness back to perfect, you know, perfect health and fitness in their body again. Can you tell us a bit more about what they would ex expect to experience with at your practice? Absolutely. So as we are a non-traditional setup, our office manager is remote. So we typically take on new patients um, by email or through the website. Our website is very simple, houseofphysicaltherapy.com. And Dawn will greet you to go over everything that you're feeling. And if you are a good fit for our office, if not, we can always connect you with someone who is. And then at that point, you would come in or book a video session. So we like to do our first session over video because it allows us to talk to you in your home environment without any distractions. And you can just kind of go through your whole history and be very open and comfortable having this easy conversation about um, everything that's going on. And then from there, we go through a physical exam. So head to toe, we look at how you move and then get a little bit more fine-tuned on your exact area of complaint, whether that be your hip, your shoulder, your knee, whatever it is that we're focusing on. After that, we either start treatment or have a deeper discussion about where to go next. 
Our treatment usually includes exercise intervention. So that could be modifying your current routine, adding things in. We teach you and go through everything with you together. Um, I spend most of my days on a yoga mat, kind of <laughs> going through these different movements. Um, it is not uncomfortable where you are doing the exercise and I'm staring at you over screen. We're doing it together. So get very comfortable, be in workout clothes. And then if you are in the office, you have the opportunity to have some hands-on care. And that is a combination of mobilization techniques to get stiff areas moving a little bit smoother and active release massage techniques to get different areas of pain to come down to a more manageable level. That sounds really quite a nice, um, a nice experience rather than it being an intimidating thing or even, you know, so convenient as well from the comfort of your own home. You can just, is it Zoom or, you know, a virtual session like that? You can just tune in and just be at home, feel that you are, you can really relax into the session and make the most of it that way. And also I'm really interested, your, your House of Physical Therapy mentorship group, the, the program you have for therapists who are really looking to get their practices up and running for themselves. What can they expect to find from you? I mean, can they find out about you from just the House of Physical Therapy website or is there another route in for them, Stephanie? So there is a form submission on the House of Physical Therapy website, so you can reach me there or hoptmentorship.com um, is the mentorship specific website. And every Wednesday, I dedicate my entire day to talking to other PTs at any level. And whether or not you want to go into business or you just have some questions about your career path, I am open to having a conversation. Thanks, Stephanie. I think that that will really benefit lots of people who are listening in. And is it open to people just in New York or is this open to people across the world internationally? The program, I've been talking to people everywhere, which has been really fun to see uh, what it's like in other areas. Uh, for patients, I'm licensed in New York and Florida, so I can take patients from either of those states. But as far as PTs go, uh, it's really nice to connect with people in, in different parts of the country. Yeah, absolutely. And just see how things vary and things as well. And, and always building community within your niche is lovely as well. And just thinking about any of those people who are listening and thinking of starting up their own practices or even another business in another sphere, they've listened to your story, been inspired. What advice would you give other women who are listening and just thinking about discovering their mission and starting their own business? First of all, go for it, follow it through. Um, the biggest first step you could take is making a business plan. So whether or not you think anyone else is going to see it and you think, oh, I can just keep this in my head and I can bring this idea to light all from um, you know, this vision I have, you need to write it down because writing it down holds you accountable and it takes you through those steps. And I think I mentioned earlier that most business plans on uh, Google that you can kind of pull up and go through a template, they're not catered to a service-based business. They're usually catered to a product-based business. So it can sometimes be intimidating. I promise you it's worth the work to modify it and go through from the start to finish 
because that gives you your landmarks. And once you get the ball rolling, there are a hundred tasks that are coming at you every day from every angle that all feel like top priority. Oh my God, I have to pick a legal structure. Uh, a legal structure. I have to find my tax ID number. I have to get my NPI registered, right? All of these things. And then you're constantly jumping or switch tasking. This is top priority. And then you never finish the other things. If you have a business plan and you know, I'm going through these steps, this is how much it's going to cost me. It's going to take me six months to raise this money, or it's going to take me a year to raise this money while I'm storing the money. What else can I work on? What else can I get done? And then it feels like you're hitting milestones along the way. And it begins to snowball where you get momentum. You start to see some successes happen. But I have talked to so many PTs who, uh, PT practice owners, let me specify, last year who were struggling to go through the um, PPP loan paperwork. That was a big thing that I talked to other people about is getting this government assisted money. And they had such a hard time up doing the application because they didn't have any financial reports that they were looking at. They were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, looking at their bank account every day. And they had no idea how many patients they were seeing a week. What's your no-show rate? What's your cancellation rate? How much money do you need to put into marketing to get X amount of leads to fill up your schedule? If you're not clear on those things in a written format where you can constantly reference those numbers, how do you know if you're achieving your goals? Yeah, I think that's 100% the top priority priority when you're clear on where you're going you need to get your business plan in place but we don't even mean like it doesn't even need to be when you're starting out and you're just in your first and early days it doesn't even need to be like a 100 page document it can be as simple as going and picking up something like the business model canvas which is really useful for just giving you an idea of where you think you're just in doing your market research and looking at the main points that you're going to need to cover as a business and who you're going to need to be working with to achieve these things that's a total essential and then like you said it's so important that you break down your first year goals at least what are you looking to achieve in that first year and then break that down into quarters and then break that down into months and then even by weeks and that way you will start to see yourself actually getting through those tasks and also please don't try and do things overnight because it's extremely overwhelming when you're starting a new business you know you've got so much to do and it's also a good idea when you're starting out not to just decide that you're going to take on absolutely everything yourself because you could end up wasting time energy and finances doing all of this stuff by yourself when it's not what you're skilled at you need to know what you're best at and delegate other tasks out because it's totally possible in this day and age and things can be so much more affordable I wish you were there to tell me that uh, three years ago when I insisted on learning every aspect and doing everything myself. And I, I definitely had that syndrome of not trusting that I could delegate. And it takes a really long time and a lot of self-work to say, okay, it's all right if I give this task away and I trust that someone else is going to do it. So that, that is huge for anyone starting out. Ask for help. I use, um, I read a lot of Daniel Priestley's um, books. I don't know if you've heard of him. He writes books like Oversubscribed, Key Person of Influence. Um, 
Entrepreneur Revolution. I can highly recommend him. Um, and he always says that prolific is better than perfect. You want to get to be known widely by as many people as possible for what you do rather than perfection. You need to leave perfection at the door. That's something I massively struggled with at the beginning. And like you said, the only way that I can advise people of all this stuff is because I've done it wrong in the first place I've made the mistakes and I can tell you that that was a waste of time so get yourself organized be strategic and delegate things that you don't have to do that are not going to propel you forward if it's not a major part of your goals and the outcomes then don't do it give it to someone else who's specialized can do it quickly and at a fraction of the time and energy and cost so that is definitely um worthwhile advice and I'm always, I just spoke to you about reading Daniel Priestley's books, but I, I was going to ask about your favorite all-time business or personal development book. So I'm definitely writing that name down because I haven't heard of that author and it sounds like something that could be very useful. Um, my all-time favorite book, and I've given this PDF to just about everyone I know, it is not just good for business, but it's good for any aspect of relationships. Um, it is called Winning Without Intimidation, and it is by Bob Burke, and this is what taught me kind of my, I call them scripts, right? So if I'm going to talk to this person and I want this end result, I have a script. Where do we start? How do we connect with that person so that we can build a relationship that is fruitful for both of us? And he teaches you something um, that I... I found it so helpful in my uh, psychology internships. So I read this a very long time ago, but it was conversation is about the other person. So if you always enter a conversation, thinking about the other person first and where they're coming into it. The biggest mistake that we make in relationships, and I'm gonna use uh, you know, our home environment. You get home from work, you had a horrible day, you just sat in traffic and you walk in and you see that there are dirty socks on the floor. And the first thing you say to your significant other or your roommate is, why are these dirty socks here? And you unload, right? I had the worst day and this and this and this. If you walked in and you said, hey, how was your day? And you paused for a second and they started telling you about their day, you almost forget all that stress for a minute and it allows you to come down and then have a much more positive, productive conversation. So that is not just business, but in all areas of life. I really, really love that book. That's such a good recommendation. I have never heard of that one before. So Bob Burke, Winning Without Intimidation. I'm definitely going to look into that one. And I love that suggestion. It's something that I'm going to keep in mind as well, because it's so easy when you see those um, well, not particularly dirty socks, but you know, piles of paperwork <laughs> everywhere and you're like, oh, please, <laughs> why is that there? <laughs> so um, yeah, ask, ask about others first. I think it's the way that we all want to be treated. It's the basic it's basics, isn't it? It's like life's so much more than piles of paperwork and dirty socks. <laughs> Nick, and we should put that in the quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to be a really profound one, but you know, <laughs> it's, um, it, 
it was just so lovely speaking with you today, Stephanie. You've told us all about your business and your your mission, and you clearly have such a holistic approach to everything that you do, whether that's the way that you treat others, the way that you've built your business. And I know for a fact that in your you are going to have such a bright and successful future. And I am so excited to follow your journey and to see where you go as well in future, Stephanie. And um, now before we just I I link you to well, I tell everyone where they can find you online. Do you want to leave any sort of messages with your with our audience or have you got any insights that you want to share before you go? Um, I think that the most important takeaway here is to be a resource for others around you. And that is how you ultimately will gain power and get to the place that you want to be. If, if you absorb all the knowledge that you possibly can and then make sure that you share that, that's what's really going to level you up. And, uh, you know, the, the underlying message here today is to think about others first. So I, I think that that's a nice way to end. That was a beautiful way to end. And you've definitely got the quote of the podcast, <laughs> which was much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Stephanie, thank you so, so much for joining us. That was Dr. Stephanie Shane from houseofphysicaltherapy.com. I'm just going to link you to where you can find her if anyone is interested. So if you're looking to perhaps be a patient, you can find Stephanie at on IG at House of Physical Therapy or houseofphysicaltherapy.com. If you are a physical therapist and you're interested in the mentorship program, then on Instagram, it's H-O-P-T mentorship. And as Stephanie said, H-O-P-T mentorship.com. If you are a PT practice owner, we didn't talk so much about The Billing House, but you can find out more at The Billing House on Instagram and thebillinghouseny.com. And if you just want to say hi to Stephanie, you can find her on Instagram at Steph Shane and an underscore at the end. I'm sure you'll find her under Steph Shane. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being a guest at Empire of Assets. And we really hope that we can connect with you at some point in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It was great speaking today.